Josie DeVidio is a woman on a mission to explore the human experience. With a passion to bring entertaining and informative content to your ears, real talk, real people, this is Josieology. Hey friends, welcome back to Josieology. I'm your host, Josie DeVidio. And today I am fangirling a little bit because my guest today is Julie Caraccio, who is the host of a podcast that I've been listening to for a handful of years now. The name of her show is Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out. Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me and thanks for putting together a podcast. We really need more women podcasters. Thank you. So I don't even remember how I found your show, but I kind of liken it to that quote that when the student is ready, the teacher will come. (laughs) And so I don't know how I found your show, but I have enjoyed it so much because you really do provide great insight and great tips. And it's all things that you can take action on at the same day. So you have truly helped me declutter my life. And I wanted to have you on the show to share your wisdom with my listeners today. Well, that thrills me to no end hearing that anytime you hear that you've had a positive impact because it not only helps you, Josie, but now you're doing a podcast and you're going to positively influence someone and people. And so that just has a community and has a global effect. And that's what I'm going for. Julie, can you tell me and my listeners, what led you to become a lifestyle coach that focuses on clearing internal and external clutter? When I started my business, it was first called Healing Through Organization. And just if you're an entrepreneur, never change your name. It's a big deal too. But the reason why I changed it was what was very purposeful when I started because I wanted people to heal. And I found that if you organize, you can prioritize better. There are all these positive attributes. And then when I had my business, I started Reawaken Your Brilliance, which at the time was an international internet TV show that I did. And I was working with a client, and I'll never forget this, because a huge aha moment for me. We were decluttering, and she said to me, can we just talk? And I said, okay. You know, it's whatever the client wants. And so what really was reinforced to me in that moment was that it's more about the clutter. We can organize anything, but the clutter is really about clearing. It's about getting to the root of things. And so for me, it was more important. I'm like, yeah, we can organize, but I am passionate. I get excited when I support people in decluttering their life because then they can change their life. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I remember there was a time where I was following a lady on Instagram who was like an organization lady. So she always would put tips up on how, how cute her drawers looked and how cute her closet looked and all that. And one day I was listening to her as a guest on a show. It may have even been your show for all I know. And she was talking about how she had this epiphany that she was spending so much time organizing stuff that she doesn't even really need. And wouldn't it be better to just get rid of the stuff that she doesn't need and therefore spend less time organizing it? That's really true because you can know someone, I can't remember if it's a fly lady, someone famous says you can't organize clutter. And I personally disagree with that. You can absolutely organize clutter because my definition of clutter is this. Clutter is anything that prevents you from creating the life you choose, deserve, and desire. And if you're spending hours maintaining all of your stuff, I'm going to argue that you're probably not following your desire. Absolutely. And that's the thing that I think people don't understand is physical clutter is one thing to just have a bunch of stuff surrounding you all the time, but it also can be mental clutter, emotional clutter, and all of that will affect our health. 
It absolutely does. So for me, for instance, they've done studies. And if you have clutter, it has shown that you are most likely to not be compliant with your meds. So if you have a regimen you're supposed to be taking, got a lot of clutter, probably not going to happen. You've got clutter on your bed. You're not sleeping well at night. If you have mental clutter, it's what I like to refer as monkey mind or always being anxious or always worrying. For me, emotional clutter is, well, when you have a physical clutter, it creates emotional clutter because it's draining. It's exhausting to walk into a room that's full of clutter. And if you have clutter in your life, physical clutter, you might not be taking good care of yourself emotionally or mentally. What's the difference between mental clutter and emotional clutter? Is there a big difference? I don't believe so. What I'm going to say, I actually, I'm about to come out with a book. And one of the things I say at the beginning is don't get hung up on being super strict about it, right? Because in the end, what we want to do is declutter and release it. So for me, mental clutter can be something like obsessive thoughts, worrying, or as my father likes to say, barring trouble, negative self-talk. I would classify emotional clutter as jealousy, complaining, a big one, not honoring your emotions. You know, I've struggled my entire life and I'm getting a lot better. I'm still not 100%. But if I get angry, upset, whoop, usually I have to be really aware in that moment to not grab something to eat. So those are just a few examples of the difference that I consider between mental and emotional clutter. Does that make sense? Yes. Do you think that physical clutter is a symptom of our internal clutter or does physical clutter create internal clutter? In other words, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I think that's a really good question. I think that the relationship is symbiotic. And I think that I'm using the correct word there because in my worldview, inner clutter reflects outer clutter and vice versa. Now, you know, having said that, there I've seen people with who don't have a lot of physical clutter, but boy, do they have inner turmoil. They have inner clutter. And I would say most of us have inner clutter. I'd have to think, really, we don't have time for me to sit and think of someone that I could, right off the top of my head, say they don't have a lot of inner clutter. It's been my experience that a lot of us lack self-awareness. And that's really where it starts with clutter. You know, I don't have a lot of physical clutter. I'm still working on the inner clutter. And, you know, I downsized this year. I think you can always improve. You can always release. It feels really good. We're going to do it again in a year. And I keep thinking as I age, I want less of this to deal with. Then, you know, you have to be gentle with yourself. For example, if you have a lot of physical clutter, maybe you felt unsafe. And so creating that physical barrier is a way to protect yourself. So always through the process, be kind and gentle with yourself. Don't go down the rabbit hole of judgment because when you do that, you're just wasting energy. What I like to tell people is, can you step back? Can you be neutral? Can you look at yourself as an observer? Hmm, that's really interesting. I wonder why I do that. And something like, OMG, can't let this go. What is wrong with me? I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad blah, blah, blah. Don't do that. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, through the process of decluttering, I feel like my house has, you know, really been tidy and it takes less effort to make it tidy. You know, I think what you're saying is just because you can keep a clutter-free physical space doesn't mean it's going to solve your internal clutter if you're not actively working and addressing that. Yeah, 100%. And, and again, I feel like when we don't address our inner clutter, that's why we've got all the challenges today. You know, I live in America, so I only speak for the U.S., but we are a deeply divided country. And if every person just did a teeny bit of self-awareness, we'd be in a much better, in a much different place. Absolutely. And I think 
a lot of us, um, especially in, in this climate, I feel like a lot of us are dragging our baggage with us into new relationships instead of, you know, yes, this happened and this was bad and historically this was bad, but how do we move forward from here and, you know, learn from what happened, but move forward? Let's not constantly be revisiting what's already been done. Um, so it's hard to, when, when there are such weighty subjects or emotional or polarizing subjects, it's hard to let go of that. But arguably, it's hard to move forward and make progress if we're still dragging along all of that clutter with us. If you've healed your wound, then it's a non-issue. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. We're all the walking wounded. Because if you have done something, you know, when the Kavanaugh hearings, I had done a lot of healing about around being assaulted. And when the Kavanaugh hearings came, boy, that was tough for me. And I also felt I was tapping into the uncollective consciousness of the energy of other women who'd been assaulted and didn't report it or did report it or didn't have justice, blah, 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 blah. And this was after years and years of working. So to me, then I turned it around to me. Okay, well, he's going to, there's nothing in my power to stop from putting him on the Supreme Court, but it showed me I need to heal. And that's, we need to turn inward instead of always being a victim and blaming the outside. How do I, so that's how I took that. Okay, that if I, because if I was neutral, I'm like, well, he's probably not my choice. These women seem credible to me. That was my viewpoint. But to say, then I'd be like, okay, but it's healed instead of ranting and raving and getting upset. And I'm not dishonoring anyone's process because healing is probably, I would say for most of us, a lifelong process because there are continual layers that we need to get through. But instead of focusing on the outward, focus it inward. How can I change? What can I heal? Absolutely. I want to go back for a second to the difference between being organized and decluttering, because I think oftentimes people confuse those two things. So if we can clarify or delineate what is the difference, that'd be helpful. Well, for me, I would say they're definitely different. And kind of, as I've already touched on about how I did healing through organization and then had that aha moment about the clutter, because I feel like you can organize clutter. Like you talked about, you, I can have a super organized cl closet but it can still be clutter. If I don't walk into my closet and feel like a million bucks with everything that's hanging up there, that to me is mental clutter. It's emotional clutter because it's draining. And, you know, again, we can have these huge homes and be organized, but in my view, it's still clutter. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think you bring up a good point. A lot of, there was a trend for a while and may still be in parts of the country where everybody was always upsizing their homes because they were running out of space and they have all this stuff. And so I got news for you. As soon as you get that next size house, you will, within a matter of weeks, fill every nook and cranny of that house. So it has nothing necessarily to do with the size of your home. I'm in my, I'm like 48 now and I'm kind of thinking along your lines of, I want to start minimizing. I want to start decluttering and creating a smaller existence and a smaller footprint because it really does free up so much more of your time, physical time. You know, if I'm not spending all day putting stuff away and cleaning it all day, I have so much more free time to do stuff I, that's more purposeful. But also it's just a lot of letting go of mentally, oh, I have to take care of this and I have to remember to do that and I have to get that maintained or that, you know, it's just so much effort. And as I get older, it's just exhausting to me. And, you know, I still have friends in this age range who are upsizing. And, and to me, I'm like, ugh, I, I can't even imagine. I, I can't imagine either. I just turned 50 this year and my husband's 51 and 
I, I was working with a, a lovely client yesterday who's my guess is at least 10 years older. And I thought they still have a two-story home. They have so much here. And they're older. And you know, the older you get, it's harder to do all this. And it's so freeing. And we're like, okay, we'll do a next round in January. But I'm so grateful that I'm taking the time to do it now. Julie, when we come back, I want to get into some practical things for our listeners. So stay tuned. Hey, friends, I just wanted to give a shout out today to TRW and DJH Waters for leaving the following review on iTunes. I have been a listener from the start of the Joseology podcast. I just finished How Technology Changed Humanity and want to say what an informative topic and a great speaker. I cannot wait for more episodes. I have shared your episode on Sleep with a Friend and totally want to volunteer at a Walk on Water event. Thanks for bringing great topics to your listeners' ears and for the discussions that I have had with others because of this podcast. Gosh, friend, thank you so much for that thoughtful review. These reviews help the show get discovered by people who don't know me in everyday life. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. In fact, Josiologists, I would love it if the rest of you would take a quick minute to leave us a review on iTunes too. Simply go to the app where you're listening to this podcast right now and scroll down until you see where to leave a review on your app. If you need help finding that, you know you can always ask on the Josiology Podcast Facebook page, or you can send me a DM on Instagram. Of course, you can always email me at josie at josiology.com. Thank you so much for helping a sister out. Okay, so Julie, what is, are there certain times of year that you should be decluttering? Like, is it like a spring cleaning kind of scenario? No, I say whenever, if you're motivated, I want you to go out and declutter right now. I first, before I ever became a professional organizer, I didn't have a date. I was living in Los Angeles, didn't have a date for 4th of July. I'm like, well, I'll just go through everything I own and and this was even before I, I think I knew that professional organizing was a job. And so I was like, well, just let me declutter. So one thing that I always tell my clients is once you've done a big purge, you should be going through every single thing that you own every year. And it's not going to take that much time. If you haven't decluttered in 20 years, it's going to take you a lot of time. So I encourage people, if you can't make it part of your daily routine, Make it a weekly or a monthly routine. One of the biggest challenges, I'm not a fan of these shows where, and I think it's 48 minutes because you have 12 minutes of commercial, that an entire home is transformed or an entire area. And people think, oh, it goes by quickly. You know, I worked with a client the other day, two of us for four hours, and we got through a desk. We didn't even get everything completed. And what I said to her, I said, this is a good lesson for you because decluttering takes time. So whenever you're motivated, I say, that's the time to do it. And again, make it part of your routine. How do you determine where to start? Because it can be overwhelming. You know, sometimes people go, like they see these shows and they go, okay, I'm going to start decluttering, but then they get overwhelmed by the very idea of it. Okay. Well, there are a couple things to consider. So say if you have a problem, your clutter has caused a problem. So you're not paying your mortgage because you can't find your bill and it's not online and your office is a hot mess, then you're paying interest. I don't know about you, but I don't pay any more money to the bank than I have to. So that to me is a problem. If you aren't getting eight hours of sleep at night because you have a bunch of stuff on your bed or if you have a lot of anxiety, then that's where you're gonna wanna start to tackle that first. Maybe you have something like 
impending deadlines. Like you're going to get garage, get shelving put up in the garage in a month. So, okay, you know what? I wanted to clutter the garage before we put these shelves in. So we make sure that we don't spend extra money. Or if something's driving you nuts, you know what? Every time in the kitchen I go there, it's clutter driving me crazy. Then that's the place to start. Yeah. So you're addressing whatever the pain point is at the moment. Yes. Now for me, there are, I got to the point where I didn't really have pain points, but I knew that things were still too messy or too unorganized. So what I resorted to doing, because at this period of time in my life, I was super busy at work. I would just set my timer on my iPhone for like 10 minutes and like clean out a drawer completely or something like that. And at least it felt productive. It didn't take up too much time. And I felt like I released a bunch of bad energy just by clearing out this one drawer. I'm so happy you mentioned that because 10 minutes a day equals over 60 hours a year. I don't know about you, but I can sure get a lot done in a 60-hour chunk of time. And that way, if you're overwhelmed, most of us can do 10 minutes. You can't do 10 minutes and encourage you to start with five minutes. And when you do that, build upon, okay, five, then six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and keep going, keep doing it. When you chunk things down into manageable steps, they're much easier to accomplish. If you are listening and you're like, Julie, my entire house has been full of clutter for 40 years and I haven't done a darn thing. That's a-okay. You start somewhere. You keep in one area. If you do a bookcase, I don't want you moving on to anything else until you've accomplished that bookcase. If it's hard for you, go one shelf today, one shelf tomorrow. At the end of the week, you'll have the bookcase complete and then you can go to another area. Those small steps really add up. Yeah, because consistency is the key. You know, it's very hard in most of our lives because we're so busy to tackle one big room or one big, you know, even full bookcase. But if you're doing a little bit every day and you're consistent, before you know it, you are living a much more peaceful, decluttered life. You are. And I'd encourage everyone listening, if you're able to and you're listening in your home, go into a room that's really cluttered. If you're not, you don't have a super cluttered room, think about maybe you have a colleague at your workspace that has a really cluttered room. Go in there. How does that feel? You can feel the energy of that space. You can feel the energy of that room and how cluttered it is. And you know what? It weighs on you. Whether or not you're aware of it, it definitely weighs on you. And then walk into a space where it's clear. You can feel the difference. And I'd encourage you to try that exercise because one, that can serve as a motivation, but also a reminder, you know what? Clutter is having an effect on me, whether or not I'm aware of it. Yeah. And I can be a witness to that because I remember when I last year or two years ago, I cleaned out my closet, my bedroom closet, and I just did it again recently. But a couple of years ago when I did it, I just got a wild hair and because I walked in there and it was just so oppressive to me. And I didn't really understand until I had been listening to your show for a while what that feeling was. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know what, that I'm just going to take everything out. So I took everything completely out of my closet and cleaned it all down and then started slowly putting things away and purging a bunch of stuff. And when I was done, it was like a joy to walk into the closet. It's a big difference. And if you're paying attention, you will notice it. If you're oblivious, you're not going to notice what is creating that feeling that you have. So I would encourage you, like you said, to walk around even in your own house and see what rooms do you avoid going into? Or when you open the drawer next to your night table, does it drive you nuts that you can't find, you know, whatever it is you're looking for? Those are the signs of, you know, this needs to be uh, sorted through and purged and decluttered just so you can have a more peaceful experience just in opening that drawer. Absolutely. 
What are some pitfalls that people run into when they start decluttering? Not honoring you. And what I mean by that is, you know, your best friend does it this way. The magazine article says this way. The expert says to do it that way. The example I always use is for whatever reason in my phone, my alphabet, I alphabetize for first name by first name. Most people have alphabetized by last name. Whatever reason, I like first name better. So you need to figure out what works with you and adopt tips for your lifestyle and make sense. So honor yourself. The other thing, not tackling at a good time when you have energy. If you're not a morning person, I don't want you waking up at 6 a.m. saying, I'm going to declutter and organize because you are putting a challenge and an obstacle right off the bat in your way. And I also encourage you to see it as a process. Rome wasn't built in a day. You can most likely clear your closet in one. But I've worked with people who fought me tooth and nail to declutter and get organized in the beginning. And within months or working together, hey, guess what I did today? So respect that it's a process. Don't pressure yourself to throw everything away. You might, again, be able to not do much, but a year from now, you'll be able to declutter more. And as I mentioned a moment ago, just make sure if you start in your kitchen, stick with your kitchen until it's done. One of the things people do, clear a little bit here, then go to another room. And what that usually tells me is there's something deeper going on that they don't want to face. And so it's kind of an avoidance thing. So those are just a couple things to be aware of. And then again, have motivation. Why are you motivated? Put that on a list where you can see it every day. I want peace of mind. I want to stop paying the bank money. I want to quit arguing with my husband. Be aware of your motivation. Excellent. Should people donate the stuff that they're purging or should they try to sell it? Because sometimes I notice for myself, I'll go, oh, this is a really nice, you know, whatever this is, I'm going to try to sell it. But it ends up cluttering my office where it's waiting for me to sell it. So I think for me, my intention is good, but I don't know. I think it might just be a procrastination tool for me to say, I'm going to sell this. I think it is true for some people because you know what? What if you spent $200 on that blouse? And then you're like, oh my gosh, I never wore it. 200 wasted, blah, blah, blah. What I always ask people is in this instant, what is more important to you? If cash is more important, then sell it. If peace of mind is more important, then donate it. You have to figure out with your lifestyle. If you're super busy, eh, a garage sale takes a lot of time and effort. And just as an FYI, as a reminder, and we did a couple garage sales in the spring and I had to keep giving myself my own advice. You are never going to make a ton of money on a garage sale. People are all, I mean, there are people, I was, this woman told me she makes a list at the beginning of the year, what she needs, she goes around to garage sales. So she never pays full price for anything. People are always going to haggle. Just know you're not going to get anything what it's worth. So if money's more important to a garage sale, if it's not and peace of mind is donate it and get it out of the house or hire someone to put it on eBay or hire someone to do it for you. Are there any apps that people can use to keep them accountable or that tell them steps to take each day? Well, I, I want to say before I recommend some, don't get stuck in technology and don't get trapped into being thinking you can unplug because that's another thing with mental clutter that I see a lot going on. I am a fan of reminders. You can do a daily reminder, have you decluttered today? And it should be for either iPhone or uh, Android to set up a reminder. I'm a huge fan of Evernote because Evernote has a great search capability. So anytime if I just type, if you tag it with clutter, anything that has clutter in it, a reminder or whatever is going to pop up for you to do. 
Now there are, if you need a little more of a push, there are things like stick and that's S T I C K K accountability. If that's, if you're not going to hire someone and need a kick in the pants, that's a possibility. And be minder. If you're really struggling, you have to pay if you don't do what you say you're going to do. So those are a couple of things. Again, start out with just a ding, a reminder on your phone, and then move forward a little bit if you need, if you're not going to hire someone or work with someone and you need a little more kick in the pants, that's what I'd recommend. Now you mentioned that you do this professionally. So can you talk to us about what that looks like? Like if someone hires you to come in and help them, what can a listener expect who is going to hire someone to do this? Well, how I operate, and I think probably most people, something close to this, I send out a short assessment. I like to do, I have a free 15 minute phone call because I need to make sure that I'm a good fit. You should feel comfortable with the professional organizer. You should have some type of rapport. And like, for instance, I'm not qualified to work with hoarders. So I don't work with hoarders. They need to have someone and I can usually assess if someone's a hoarder or not. So then I send out a short assessment. There are things that I want to know, like how do you best learn? What was your parents' relationship with stuff? Just to kind of give me a setting of what's going on, because I like to prepare and, and make notes and certain things. And where, you know, then I ask you, where do you think your biggest problems are? And then when we, when I come in to work with you, we pick a place to start and we start. Now I never make anyone throw anything out. I always encourage that. I think purging and editing is a really important part of the process, but that's how you'd begin. You'd start in one area and then you'd sort it to things in a categories, purge, and then the organizing can begin. Now, aside from your great podcast, uh, you mentioned that you're writing a book. What is that going to be about? If everything goes well, I'm going to have a whole series of journal prompt books. I go into a lot of detail to explain to you how you can be successful in using journal prompts. So it's going to examine all areas of clutter. And then I'm coming out with a book, Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out, Made It Easy, Name It After the Podcast. And it's going to have a companion workbook. And what that is, is 21 standalone chapters. So if you're like, you know what, I'm kind of cool with the physical clutter, but oh, I really need to work on jealousy. Then you can look at that chapter, have take action items, and then work on that. And again, as you clear your inner clutter, you clear your outer clutter. So it's very important for me to be very holistic in all of these and not just focus on on one clutter. It's focusing on all of it. Will these books be available on your website? They will. And they'll also be unfortunately available on Amazon. Although if anyone wants to shoot me a mail email, because honestly, Amazon's taken all the profit about. So I'm happy to order through me. And I would encourage that with anyone that has an independent book, but they will be on the website and on Amazon. And can you tell our listeners the name of your website again? Yes, it's reawakenyourbrilliance.com. And I know that you have a lot of great uh, resources on there as well. So listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Julie Carasio and her books and her work, or definitely her podcast, Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out, please go ahead and visit her website or you can check the show notes for this episode. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your expertise. Thank you for publishing over 300 episodes in the last five years. They've really helped me and changed my life. So I would encourage my listeners to find you on iTunes or any podcast listening app and take a listen for themselves. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Josiology. Be sure to visit Josiology.com to access the show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. To join the conversation, find us on Facebook or Instagram 
with username at Josiology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.